Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I think I had gotten to the point that there were only really two options. I truly, truly believe that if I hadn't gotten help, I, I would have ended my life. It wasn't the addiction. It wasn't the man. It wasn't the bulimia. It was that I had absolutely no self-worth. I hated myself. And that is what caused the most pain. Hello and welcome to the Not Perfect podcast with me, your host, Poppy Jamie, recovering perfectionist and founder of mental wellness app, Happy Not Perfect. This show is about hitting pause while we explore the mind, soul, science, real life experiences and that confusing thing called happiness. Life throws curveballs, and I believe the greatest healing comes from honest conversation. I'll be interviewing thought leaders, change agents, scientists, and mystics for their insights and perspectives. I hope you'll join me on the journey. On today's show, I have the honor of talking to Nikki Clinch, who is a transformational coach, spiritual mentor, and a Hay House author. She inspires me daily and her workshops change lives. We dive into compassion and how to create long-lasting changes. Hello, Nikki, and welcome to the Not Perfect podcast. Hello, hello. I'm so excited to be here. So we like to begin this podcast with three questions. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm going to kick off with our first one. What is your favorite quote at the moment? You can have anything you want as long as you're willing to let go of what it looks like. Ooh, and why <laughs> did he choose that one? That quote is something that I use often in my own life. Whenever I am committing to a vision, either in work or in my personal life, I always have to remember that because as soon as we grip onto the picture of how it's meant to look in the end, mm. we cut it dead. Like to bring a vision into reality, to bring it into your life, you have to allow it to keep evolving and changing and moving and allow it to be alive. And so you have to let go of that static picture mm. of how it's going to look like in the end. And almost always the way it unfolds and and the final landing of it is always so much more powerful than the picture you imagined anyway so yeah. I love that quote it reminds me always let go let go let go trust let go and then commit and <laughs> um, what's the most uh, profound or just maybe silly life lesson you've been reminded of recently well it's not a silly one it's it's kind of a big one but I was really reminded of it so I came back from a big retreat that I did in the Amazon jungle in June and it was all about alignment and when I came home I I was reminded of the very challenging lesson that to really be in integrity in our life to really honor my truth mm. to really honor what who I am and what is alignment for me 
means that sometimes you have to make really difficult decisions mm. and let things go. Mm. Now, it's a scary thing and, and it's a risk as well because there's probably going to be pain and uncomfortability and and people may feel hurt. But what I have learned again and been reminded again is that when when we really stand and honor our truth, if we're coming from a place of real integrity, it is the best thing for everyone involved, even if it, it has difficult moments, mm. even if it gets uncomfortable. If we're really coming from a place of honoring truth, from a place of integrity, it is the most loving thing for everyone involved. Mm. And so I'm starting to see that now from the, the original difficult decisions I had to make when I got home. Like over the last six weeks, I'm starting to see something pretty beautiful unfolding that was only possible because I made those decisions at the beginning. Oh, that's so powerful. And yeah, I'm digesting that because that is what a lovely way, I suppose, to understand that our truth is the best truth for everybody else as well. Well, it's an act of love. Mm. And I think what, what most of the time is our instinct is to do what's easy or comfortable mm. or what feels good. Yeah. But if we're really abandoning what is truthful for us, somewhere down the line, it's all going to fall, fall through. Uh, or it won't feel in alignment, or it, it something won't quite land. When we're really coming from a place of integrity, it really is the most loving thing for everyone. What we're doing is we're not only making a stand for ourselves, but we're also saying to the people around us, "You deserve also to be in alignment. You yeah. deserve also to to have to have what works absolute best for you." And there's something really powerful about being someone that's going to make that stand because. Because people start going, oh, you mean I'm allowed to do that too? Yeah. Oh, I don't always have to do what's easy and comfortable. Yeah. Do you know what wow. I mean? Wow. This is a great thing for people who are people pleasers like myself. Yes. This is like almost the anecdote to people pleasing. Yeah. Because you're not pleasing them really. It's a short term pleasing. It's actually a complete facade. Yeah. It looks, what we're really doing is we're just, we're just appeasing, unco we're just kind of dismissing uncomfortability. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we're not actually pleasing <laughs> it true. looks nice but but really there isn't any pleasing going on it's, it's just let's just push the uncomfortableness out mm -hmm. so that no one has to really deal with it right <laughs> but you know people pleasing the the medicine for people pleasing is to remember or to know that actually when we're honoring something real mm -hmm. and true it's love yeah that is what love is. Oh, that's so powerful. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> How do you define happiness? Being completely and unconditionally in the present moment. And do you find that easy? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, I, I am finding it easier these days, but it takes, it has taken a lot of unlearning um, for me to start trusting that that is enough. Mm. Um, I've spent, I would say, most of my life searching out there for something that's going to solve what's happening in the moment. Um, and more and more and more that I trust that being in the moment is, is, is the only place I need to be. I'm starting to really experience these incredible moments of such rich 
rich and profound aliveness. And they're just from everyday moments, but yeah. just being really present. And, and it feels like freedom. Do you have a tip for people to kind of, I suppose, well, to help them be more present when they're in the future or the past? Always come back to the breath. It's it's almost so simple that we miss it. Yeah. That we're looking for something much more profound. But right. it really is that right. simple. <laughs> right. God, aren't we such complex human beings? We are. <laughs> we try and make everything so much more difficult than it is. We want something much more sensational. But actually, it's really simple to come back to the breath, feel your feet on the ground, and just seeing what the experience is for what it is. Anything that the head is telling you, that is detach from that feel what's there and breathe hey i'm ryan reynolds recently i asked mint mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation they said yes and then when i asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts they said what the f*** are you talking about you insane hollywood ass so to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. I love that. So, Nikki, you inspire, mentor, you coach on a daily basis. And one thing I really do appreciate about your work is you speak to us where we're at rather than this kind of holier-than-thou place that I find, you know, sometimes you're like, oh, God, I'm just never going to get there. And you just make it so relatable. Um, and I think, you know, partly this may be down to what you've been through in your journey up until now. Would you mind sharing your rock-bottom moment and what gave you strength to, to, to change? Yes, of course. And, and, and that is true, actually. I think that's why I'm able to really have an understanding of human beings because I've, I've been through such really difficult times. So my rock bottom was, I mean, I'm 40 now. So my rock bottom was 20 years ago. I was mm -hmm. 20. And I was living in a flat in London and I had been um, an active addict, drug addict, an alcoholic for a decade. Wow. So I started really young. Um, I was drinking um, from 10 and then drugs from 12 and then bulimic from 13. And I would say from 10 to 20 were just hell days. I mean, it was it just got worse and worse and worse. Um, and by the time I hit my rock bottom, I was living in this flat in London and I was completely emaciated. I was really underweight and undernourished. All the blood vessels in my cheeks had popped because I had I, I was bulimic so many times a day. I was sleeping with the landlord of the pub next door just to get free booze and I was get I couldn't go a day without getting really high mm. and I was on really hard drugs. 
And I would wake, I woke up that morning. I remember it like yesterday. I woke up that morning and you know, you get those milliseconds before you realize who you are and how you're living your life. And it kind of felt peaceful. And then it all just came flooding in how every single day was for me, which was like hell. And I just broke down and I could not stop crying. Mm. And for some reason, that particular breakdown, I hit the floor, I was sobbing and sobbing and sobbing. And then I heard, I heard these words and I really don't know whether it was me or whether it was something else, but I just heard these words say, I really want to live. I really want to live. And something in me just surrendered and I, and I cracked. It just felt like something cracked. And I, I managed to peel myself off the floor and Within an hour, I was in a doctor's office, just like a, a GP's office, mm. just pouring my heart out to this GP. Bless her. I, I eventually found her one day and I wrote her a letter and I, and I wrote her a thank you letter. Wow. She um, heard everything that I said was what I was living through and she gave me options to go into recovery. Um, and then from the next day, I started, I found a therapist. I went into 12-step programs and it began from there. What made me want to change? I think I had gotten to the point that there were only really two options. Mm. I truly, truly believe that if I hadn't gotten help, I, I would have ended my life. Yeah. It wasn't the addiction. It wasn't the man. It wasn't the bulimia. It was that I had absolutely no self-worth. Mm. I had no sense of self I hated myself and that is what caused the most pain. And so for me it was literally like this is it. Yeah. Or I'm I'm willing to do whatever it takes and luckily I chose I'm willing to do whatever it takes and I've kind of always been that way. I'm willing to do whatever it takes. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing that story. I have chills all across my skin. Um, for other people who may be in a rut in whatever kind of situation um, in life, what is your advice and what do you suggest? Nothing is permanent. Nothing is permanent. That is the only fix given about life is that mm -hmm. everything will change. And so no matter how difficult it is, no matter how painful it is, can you remember this too shall pass? It will pass. You are not going to be here forever. It may last a few moments. It may last a, a week. It may last a few weeks, but it will not be like this forever. Yeah. I feel that many of us can get very angry when we look back at our past yes. and you know having the experience you've had I'm sure there's a lot of things where you could pass blame yes like this happened and yes. that's why that I became like this and this has happened how do you understand the situation that you were in at such young age so first I want to say that it is a, it is a natural process to go through the anger and the blame yeah like to grieve to, and grieving is, is letting go. That's what mm. grieving is. Part of the process of grieving, and that means to let go of a way of living or a way that you've been or parts of yourself, is to go through a period of rage and blame. So yeah. I want to say that that is completely normal. Like you, if you're there, you, that is part of your healing. Yeah. But then don't stay there. Mm. That's the thing. Don't 
live there. Don't unpack and, and think that's it. That's not where your power is. The power is to know that that's a phase in the grieving process. The next stage is then to do the healing work that's required to come to a place of letting go. And that takes time. <laughs> and I know we're going to talk about compassion. Yeah. And I think to really start to, you have to get underneath the surface. You have to understand why these things happened. They didn't happen because, it didn't happen because I was a bad girl. Yeah. It didn't happen because I was, I was a disease. It yeah. didn't happen because I was messed up. I, that that was just my behavior. Yeah. It happened because I was in so much pain and I was trying to solve that pain mm. by grasping onto anything I could. And with that, the more I started to see that and the more I started to learn about the people that were in my childhood that that impacted how I ended up behaving, underneath the behavior is always parts of a human being where there's pain where there's fear where there's needs once you get under the surface and you start to understand the deeper deeper part of human life that's where you can really start to come to a place of compassion and you and actually what I realized and you know my mother was my my biggest struggle and and I had anger for a long long time when I started doing the next phase of healing I started to see oh you know, underneath the surface, me and her are not that different. Wow. We kind of fear the same things. We are insecure in the same places. And I started to understand her a lot more. And that is when I came to a place of healing, of compassion. I was like, ah, both for her, her and me. It was like, I get it. Yeah. Like she really did the best that she could. She did. And, and and I'm doing the best that I could. Yeah. I, I did the best I could. On the subject of compassion, um, first of all, I know this is quite basic, but what even is, I suppose, compassion and what's self-compassion? Because I think the wellness industry talks about self-love and I think that can be a bit confusing. How do you define self-compassion and is it different or similar to self-love? For me, to be able to aim for compassion is to be able to see the pain, to be able to see the struggle, to be able to see the suffering in both yourself or another human being. And in the seeing of it, like really seeing it, facing it, you say it's okay. You say this is, this is okay. I see it, I see you, and it is okay, and I love you. And, and, I sometimes I feel like when I see in the industry now, everyone's aiming for love. Love, love, love. We've got to be love. Yeah. We've got to be happy. We've got to be love. And it's like, actually, there is so much other parts of human life. Right. And often to get to real love, we have to feel very uncomfortable things. And, yeah. and we're bypassing. We're not allowing the suffering. We're not allowing the pain. Yeah. And in that, we're dismissing so much of ourselves. Compassion is when we welcome it, we look at it, we say, I see you, I and I, I welcome it, all of it unconditionally, and I love you. 
totally I you just really hit something and stroke a chord with me because I definitely get very confused I follow this industry I, you know I'm in it but there is so little talk of suffering and so suddenly you're like I felt really angry and then you're like no I shouldn't I shouldn't I shouldn't I've, I've got to be, be happy yeah I've got to be happy yeah and 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 in that moment you are com- you are rejecting part of yourself yeah now, ima- just ima- and this, hel- I find this exercise helpful. Imagine if it was your daughter mm. or someone you love so much coming to you saying, I'm in so much pain, I'm in so much pain, I'm in so much pain, and you just turn to them and you go, well, you shouldn't be, you should be happy. <laughs> right. It's like, that's, it's that's not love. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Like when my daughter comes to me and tells me she's scared or she's in pain or she's sad, uh, my job is to sit there and going, okay, I see it. Mm. I hear you. In the seeing and the acknowledging of who you are, that is where all healing begins. Now, if we do that for ourselves, like not just the good parts, yeah, all of it, that is the possibility of healing that can occur from that place is limitless. Do you think, why do you think many of us are lacking in self-compassion? Be, well, two reasons. I think because one, because everyone's aiming to feel better. Mm-hmm. E- everyone's aiming to feel good. So anything that isn't good is 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 a problem, right? And that's a judgment. So we're constantly in self judgment and self rejection, mm-hmm. rather than this complete unconditionalness about about ourselves and yeah. with ourselves. The other part is, is I think that we're, we live in a world that focuses on only seeing the, the surface level. We only look at the behavior. You know, I did this thing, or I, I overate, or, or I, I drank too much, or I spent too much, I'm bad. Yep. But that's not, the behavior is just the symptom. Yeah. We need to be looking underneath the behavior. Under every single actionable step we take is a human need. Everyone. There, nobody gets out of this. Yeah. <laughs> Under every action we take, there is a human need. Now, we, we're not looking at what those needs are and we're not looking at what the experiences are. Is somebody afraid? Is somebody in pain? Is somebody feeling not, not good enough? Like when you start to actually take the time to look under the surface to see the, the vulnerability underneath, the humanity underneath, only then can you come to compassion. And I think we live in a world that only looks at the behavior. I've got two questions. First of all is how do we grow more self-compassion? What's something we can all be doing every single day mm-hmm. to kind of have that very honest conversation with ourselves? Mm-hmm. And also kind of my second part of that question is what do you think the world needs and how could we all do better at giving, you know, what the world needs to maybe, you know, cure some of the stuff happening below the surface? <laughs> well, first, to have more self-compassion is... I would say to really start to to understand yourself, like really, really dig deeper to understand what is happening underneath the behavior. I remember when I first got clean and um, my first sponsor said to me, I, we do, I was doing the 12 steps and there's step four, which is when you do a, an inventory of yourself and of your behavior. And I mean, I literally had written in like an entire book of my resentments and blame and how yeah. much I was blaming everyone else. And at the end, I read it all out to her. 
And I could see under every single part of blame and under, under every single destructive, self-abandoning behavior were the same feelings. I'm not good enough. I'm scared. Um, I don't want to be alone. Mm. And I, it was like on repeat over and over on every single thing. And she turned to me and she said, Nikki, you're not a bad girl getting good. You've not been well and you're getting well. Mm. And it was such a healing moment for me to even think of myself in that way. Yeah. You know, I think the step to self-compassion is to really start un understanding what's underneath. Don't just look at the behavior and judge yourself. Start to see that you're a human being. Start to see that you that you feel scared and that's that's part of being a human being. Yeah. And that 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 you feel not enough and that's something that's painful for you and that you're carrying. Like if you can really start to see those parts of yourself that allows the beginning of starting to have more compassion for yourself because the next time you do the behavior, which you may do because we're human and we make and we repeat things, you may be able to go, oh, yeah, I must have been really scared in that moment. Yeah. Rather than I'm a really bad person. And how can we help this, I suppose, on more of a kind of collective consciousness level? How can we help the world, I suppose, which is clearly struggling a lot at the moment? You take the language away, you take the clothes away, you take the culture away, you take the skin colour away. You take all these outside things away. I can tell you, we are all the same. <laughs> all of us. <laughs> We're not unique. <laughs> human, we human that. beings are exactly the same. <laughs> we all fear the same things. Yeah. We all struggle with the same feelings, mm -hmm. and we all have the same needs. Yeah. We want love. We want connection. We want intimacy, and we want fulfillment and meaning. Everybody is looking for the same things, whether they're conscious of it or not. And when you start to really see that, allow that. I feel like that allows so much more compassion for the human race. Right. It's like, look at this bonkers person over there. <laughs> like, what are they doing? What's going on? It doesn't make it okay. But it allows, it allows you to step out of the place of blame and judgment to, oh, I see. Wow, they must be really suffering right now. Right. You know, and it, do, it, it doesn't make the behavior okay. I need to stress that. Yeah. This is not about sitting back and going, oh, I accept everything everyone does. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> but compassion for the human race <laughs> allows the possibility for us then to go, okay, so now what's needed? Coming from this place rather than judgment and blame. So you recently wrote, it is pain that accelerates our healing. And I thought that was so beautiful. Would you mind exploring this a bit further? Well, I have been somebody who has experienced a lot of um, amazing times in my life and also a lot of pain. So I know both. And I can, with hindsight, I can easily say 100% that every time I have been taken to real places of pain, those have been the most transformational moments of my life. Every single time. Now, why? Because every time I've been taken to those points of pain, it has taken me completely out of my comfort zone. It has smashed apart what I think is the only way that I can be and live. Yeah. And 
in that smashing apart, it's allowed me to grieve and it's allowed me to feel things that I was carrying that I didn't know I was feeling before. And in that process, something really new starts to grow. I think if we didn't have any pain, I think we would kind of all just get complacent. We would all just stay in the comfortable. We would all go, oh, this feels good and I'll just stay here forever. Now, that's okay, but I believe we're here to evolve. I really believe, and I think more than ever, more now than ever, I think we are being invited to really evolve, to really wake up, to become more conscious, to become more aware, not just of ourselves, but of of each other. And to do that, we have to go to uncomfortable places. We can't grow if we're staying in the comfortable, easy zone all the time. What is in your pain toolbox then? Because when something like that happens, I kind of always imagine it's like, okay, this has happened. Let's get the toolbox out. And what do we find there in Nikki's toolbox? I think I always come back to the same things. Um, when when we go through points of our life where, where we have to really face pain, real pain, um, I find journaling completely like medicine like life breathing like life tool wow (laughs) because it what it does is that regular journaling keeps you in connection of of the present moment so Mm. if it's all just sort of swimming around in your head and inside yourself it can you kind of get stuck and get nowhere yeah so there's something about getting pen to paper and writing things down saying how you feel saying what's there Um, it's kind of a catharsis and a release onto the paper I think that's an absolute essential it also may help you get some insights into what what is really at the root of the pain um, and what needs to change now just sitting in the pain is not enough. Like from the journaling, you may be able to start seeing any actions that need to be taken. Does something need to change in my life? Do I need to have a conversation with someone? Do I need to let somebody go? Mm. Do I need to step away from a job? Mm. Whatever it is. From the journaling and, and being able to see what's at the root of what's happening for you, you can start to see, are there any actions I need to take? I think also sharing, not doing it alone, like I said earlier. Um, it is, I I, gen, I don't think I, I would have gotten clean if I had done it alone. I, I think, I, I mean, I had to share every day for like 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> so um, just... Because it is, it's, it's, that can be very new to people. If you're especially you know don't want to generalize but growing up in Britain like you are not taught to share it's a skill sharing yes it's actually it's actually even taught that it's a weakness yeah. it's like or you're being or you're being um uh, self-absorbed yeah I mean I see it time and time again in my group work in my retreats that I lead or any group um events that I hold whenever Whenever women share in front of each other and then they hear other women share, the same thing happens every single time. They go, oh, I'm not alone. Yeah, you too. I th- you too? I thought I was the only one. Mm. I remember that moment. I remember being a 20-year-old sitting in a group and sharing how I felt, thinking I was the most worst, shameful human being ever. And I said it out loud and other people felt the same. Mm. And I was like, oh, <laughs> thank God. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. and so I think sharing is really essential. Um, and I think also a practice of some kind of breath work, breathing or meditation is really important when you're going through pain points um, because it really allows, I mean, breath in Chinese medicine, you know, 
the breath is the is the key is the life that moves through you and for us to support us not getting stuck somewhere i think really slow abdominal breathing like 5 10 minutes mm. every day it helping you drop into the body helps you drop into the moment it helps you slow down um and it may help emotions flow um or a 10 minute practice of meditation where you're just sitting and 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 breathing and being in the moment being with yourself i think these practices can help you feel like there's an anchor in place like you're not just swimming anchorless at sea yes yeah because i do find that a lot of people struggle with meditation i mean i built <laughs> A mindfulness app and I still struggle with meditation and so what are kind of your what's your response to that I suppose to all of us wannabe meditators well I kind of have an, a, a different um, tack when it comes to med- meditation because for me I think the word meditation has become quite loaded yeah because you hear meditation and then you hear enlightenment yeah and it's like holy how am I gonna like how do I how how right. do I aim for enlightenment in this 10 minute process <laughs> right. it's like it's so intense there's so much pressure yeah. like I have to still my mind you know the <laughs> mind has to be still it's like actually <laughs> I find that too much pressure right for me I keep it super simple really just sit and breathe (laughs) right it's so true I think the expectations around meditation have become so great because obviously you hear these stories of, and then through that meditation I birthed my book and you're like what one time of meditation you like were able to write a 300 page book that's not what happens for me (laughs) I'm I'm still thinking about with my dryer still on or something yes exactly but you're right I you know I mean I'm a huge fan of breath work but I think that's such a kind of interesting point you make which is okay let's just maybe forget about that just just breathe just sit and breathe yeah and I actually when I say breathe I don't mean like deep breathing I mean literally just sit and let your body breathe itself like don't try to be anything or get anywhere or go anywhere just just sit and be and breathe now in that sitting and 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 breathing notice notice what's there notice what you feel notice the noise in your mind pay attention but don't you don't have to do anything about it just sit breathe and pay attention now honestly for me that's profound yeah yeah (laughs) again it's so simple we miss it It's so simple. We're so looking for like, you know, the heavens opening and like God speaks to you. Yeah. If you can, if you can commit to a practice of just doing that, you know, and then lengthen it, you know, 15 minutes, 20 minutes. um, What you'll notice is that when you're walking down the street the next day or a week later and you have a reaction to something, you may just be able to be with it. Right. And then not have to react on the reaction. You may just notice that it, it happens and and then you're 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 with it and then it passes mm. you know it's really it's keeping it really simple but but that can be profoundly life-changing why do you think we have i suppose so much resistance it's it's one of those things i feel like a lot of we all now know the benefits of meditation but i think we are now all aware of the resistance to us sitting still I I see I think that's one of the fundamental issues that are going on right now is that people are so resistant to slowing down. Mm. Um I mean and I feel like we're getting faster. 
Like things are moving faster. Oh God, yeah. It's like getting more intense. Like well, that was the first thing I noticed when I came back from Peru because we had no phones. We're in the middle of the Amazon, like fourteen days, and then I come home and I turned my phone on, and I turned on social media, and it was like. It was almost like it had gone even faster, or maybe I hadn't noticed it fully before. Um, why are we resistant? I think because in the slowing down, we have to feel what's there. Yeah, we have, and it's vulnerable. We we have to feel what's there, and we have to allow the vulnerability to move through us. And when that happens, we don't always know what to do about it or how to be with it and again that's even more vulnerable yeah um but it is one thing that is a hundred percent is that we can't we won't be able to heal or change without slowing down yeah that is (laughs) so powerful it's so true yes um in not slowing down and moving fast all the time, and I don't just mean in your life, I mean even like speaking constantly in busyness and thinking, in that moving fast all the time, we're, we're really just reaction. We're just reacting to everything. We're not really consciously choosing. It's only in the slowing down that we have enough pause to be able to go, okay, what do I want to do about this? and then make an active conscious choice. Oh my God. So, I mean, yeah, that's when you become powerful. I mean, I'm the biggest addict of running around the world and and it is, it's I'm very aware of it myself. And so this is incredibly touching like a nerve in my body because I'm like, yep, it's, you know, it's, and what I find interesting, um, one thing, you know, I, I admit as, you know, being in this industry, there's one thing to know, there's another thing to do. Absolutely. And actually, I'm going to take that even further. And then there's another then there's another thing to not know. Like everybody wants to know what's happening next. How do I do this? What do I need to do? Like there's there's kind of a moment in the slowing down when you when you get when you consider that pause when you really don't know. You don't know what's going to happen next. You don't know what to do about it. And actually. I think that's the place where the magic happens. Yeah. If we can allow ourselves to sit in not knowing, that's when that's when life becomes the magician. That's when the new stuff comes. The stuff that we couldn't see before. This goes right back to your first point of allowing things to unfold because it will probably be better than what you've kind of put in your 2D vision. Yes. I mean, I, I can hands down say I was single-handedly just complete and I have done it so many times destroying my life because I'm so willful I'm so willful and I'm a strong woman but I was moving at 150 miles an hour and I was like a wrecking ball and 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 it looked like I was being powerful but actually I was just being destructive (laughs) and it's only in the slowing down and letting go of always n- knowing everything that I'm able to start learning and hearing new things. And that's where I've discovered is the power to consciously make choices from that place. 
I could probably talk to you maybe for an entire week or a month or a year. And I'm like, okay, Nikki, I, this, I mean, I will be going to your YouTube channel only just to listen to Nikki every single day and probably repeating the videos on repeat every single time. Um, before we go into our quick fire, you're definitely bringing up something. Um, you're definitely bringing up the topic of saying no because to kind of create more space basically means you're going to have to say no to a lot because we're all inundated with things we could do Mm -hmm. to fill up time Mm -hmm. what is your advice and how on earth do you say no well for me it's been an absolute personal learning that saying no has been a fundamental part of me reclaiming my power back um, I think, again, aligned with wanting to be happy all the time, we're getting taught, say yes, be open, be open to the universe, say yes, say yes, say yes. Mm. Actually, but but actually, what the, hard, the harder part is to say no. The harder part is to go, no, this is not for me. Yeah. No, this is not okay. No, no, I will not stand for this. Yeah. When, when we can say no, in the exact moment that we say no, we are saying yes. We're saying yes to what we are now ready for, what we now want, what we would now will allow in. In the moment that we put a boundary down and say no more, this is not for me today, this is not for me anymore, we are saying yes to something new. And so I, I, I want to invite you to shift your perception or your mindset around no. No is not bad. No is not selfish. No doesn't mean that you are um, that you are selfish. No is an act of love. In the no, you are saying yes to now what you want and what you're ready for. And what you're also doing is you're allowing the other person that you're saying no to or the other thing that you're saying no to to, to be responsible for their own life. Like, again, it comes back to the first thing that I said, the, the, a life lesson that I've been reminded of. When we honour our truth, it is love for everyone. It's the most loving thing to do. Yeah. When, when I say no, and you don't have to be mean, like say what yeah. you mean, but don't say it mean. Yeah. You can say no with love. Yeah. But when I say no now... It is the most loving thing for everyone because what I used to do was try and enable everybody um, and then um, abandon myself. Now, eventually, that will come out somewhere else. That'll come out as resentment. It'll come out as passive aggression. It'll come out as some kind of shitty something somewhere. So (laughs) the more that we can practice saying no when we mean it, we, we are actually acting in love for everyone involved and what will happen what you'll what you'll start to notice is that your life will start clicking into alignment Mm. because the things that aren't for you will fall away and the things that are for you will come chills chills nikki (laughs) chills It's been such a therapy session for me. <laughs> I'm like there on the side, noting down on the right. No, I'm like about to send a ton of emails. I'm like, no, yes. <laughs> I'll let you know the effect of it. I'm very excited about my my Monday. Um, so we're gonna run in to actually no, that sounds so ironic. We're not gonna run. We're gonna slowly strike, <laughs> ease, absorb <laughs> into our not even quick round. I think I need to rename all of my little interview things. We're gonna go to finish the sentence <laughs> round. Um, so I invite you to finish the sentence I begin. I relax by. 
having time alone, solitude. The person I love most in the world is. Oh, it's a difficult one. Uh, both my babies, my husband and myself. <laughs> That's good. The last dream I had was. Do you mean night dream or do you mean life dream? Interpret it as, as you will. Uh, to be a Hay House author. Oh. And I've just been signed. <laughs> click, 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 click. The book I think everyone should read is. The Power of Now, Eckhart Tolle. I am dying to have dinner with. Michelle Obama. Me too. <laughs> Dream woman. <laughs> if I could do it all again, I would. I wouldn't change anything. Mm. Best thing I bought recently was... My garlic crusher. <laughs> practical. <laughs> Amazing. Lover. See, I love that. She's so practical. <laughs> Best piece of advice I was given was... Everything you're looking for is inside of you. My first thought in the morning usually is... I need more sleep. <laughs> Before I go to sleep, I... Think how much I love my bed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you. I, when I'm feeling insecure, I... Slow down. If you really knew me, you would know... I'm a big ball of love. Oh... <laughs> Nikki, thank you so much. Um, before you go, how do we find you? Uh, everything will be in the show notes, but I would love you to share with our listeners. So you can, if you want to come and work with me, either one-to-one -one mentorship or in my leadership training or any of my retreats um, or my homecoming program, you can go to my website, www.nikkiclinch.com or you can follow me on Instagram, Nikki underscore Clinch, where I share inspiration and teachings um, daily. Can I just interrupt? One of the best Instagrams I follow couldn't encourage you all more to double click on that. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Bye. That's it for today. Thank you for listening. Of course, it would be amazing and very appreciated if you wouldn't mind hitting subscribe and sharing this podcast. You can find me at Poppy Jamie on Instagram. DM me questions or any guest suggestions. I'd love to hear from you. And also, if you have a moment, download Happy Not Perfect. It's my mindfulness app that helps you manage stress, anxiety, sleep, and ultimately makes you feel happier every single day in less than five minutes. See you next time. Sending you lots of love and energy. Till then. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.